Welcome to the Deep Two, episode 100. My name is friend of the pod, Alessio, and I'm joined by co-host of the JVG NBA tribute show, Lucas Petridis, as well as the Deep Two boys themselves, Mr. Sean Carroll and the one and only Mr. Dante Boffa. <laughs> Mr. Boff, my man. Uh, before I send it over to the boys for their intro on their own podcast, I'd just like to say a quick few words. Lucas and I spoke before this pod about how much the pod means to us and how honoured we are to be uh, here on episode 100. Um, we're so proud of Sean and Dante for the work they're putting in and uh, for allowing Lucas and myself to have some real fun contributing to the blog and the podcast, respectively. It's been great to see the Deep Tour mature into the multifaceted and elite product that it is today, and we cannot wait to see where it goes. Uh, and we know that Dante wants to say a quick few words, so we'll let him <laughs> it once he's done. Lucas has created a 100-themed trivia for the boys to do, and then we promise that we'll let them speak on their own podcast. So thank you very much, fellas. Thanks, Alessia. That was sweet. That was beautiful. I'm lost for words. I just wanted to say that 100 episodes, I feel like, is a huge accomplishment from Sean and I, and we're both very proud of the Deep Two and what we've done here, and that there's no two people in the world who we would rather ring in the century with than the ultimate friends of the pod, the literal like ethos of the phrase friends of the pod, Lucas and Aless. So thanks for being here with us. And uh, we, we really appreciate you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> the deeper twos. In our, <laughs> in our, in our intro, we were really worried about Aless was like, how are we going to get, um, you know, we don't want to take over the start of the pod. And I said, don't worry, Dante, we'll interject. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll, we'll run through this little trivia I've made real quick just so we can uh, get onto the trade deadline stuff. So obviously, as you guys know, the 24th of April 2019 was your first episode. Uh, so I'm going to ask these questions in two parts. Uh, Dante, you answer for the Suns and Sean, you answer for the Warriors. How many times have the Suns slash Warriors scored 100 points since the start of the Deep Two, regular season only? 132 times. Okay, that's for the Warriors. And Dante? I'm going to say 95 <laughs> times. Wow, both very wrong. Uh, Suns 107, <laughs> Warriors 85. What? Um, what? Who is the <laughs> who is the most accurate at deep twos on the Suns and Warriors this season? I'm going to say Chris Paul uh, and Sean. Mm. Oh, Steph Curry. <laughs> no, Damian Lee is in the 81st percentile, and Campaign is in the 100th percentile. Fuck, that's that's nice. <laughs> he doesn't play, but. <laughs> um, the Suns actually have five players who are in the 95th percentile or above at deep twos. Fun little tidbit. Uh, one of these three players is in the 100th percentile for effective field goal percentage this season. Langston Galloway, Mikel Bridges, and Steph Curry. So this is this is just an ABC. I'm going to go A, Langston Galloway. I'm going to go the third best wing in the league, Mikel Bridges. And both wrong again, <laughs> Steph Curry is in the 100% which is pretty fucked, man. Um, uh, how many times has a player on the Suns and the Warriors finished a game with 100% field goal percentage on minimum two makes this season? I reckon Eric Paschal's had a couple. 
right? So a couple. I'm going to say 10. Okay, I didn't check that. <laughs> uh, all of the 100th percentile stats for the Suns. Uh, here are just the stats from last season. All the 100th percentile stats for the Suns players in 2019-20. Campaign on accuracy of all threes. Campaign on accuracy of non-corner threes. Campaign on three-point percentage. Campaign on assisted percentage on mid-ranges. Uh, and all the 100th percentile stats for Warriors last season. Draymond assist to usage. Steph free throw. Michael Mulder, frequency of corner threes, Thilo, accuracy at the rim, Omari Spellman, accuracy of corner threes, and Michael Mulder, accuracy of mid-ranges. Now, last question. <laughs> Between the Suns and the Warriors, one player was in the 100th percentile for frequency of deep twos in the 2019-20 season. Who was it? That's, that's frequency of deep twos last year. Oh, this would be bad if we don't get it. Can we narrow it down to one team? Yeah, sure. It's the Warriors. And it, well, see if it's if it's Damian Jones, that'd be cool because he played for both teams. But it's not. Oh, true. No, it's not. <laughs> let's say let's say Eric Pascal. Oh, uh, <laughs> let's. Or is it going to be one of the shit Warriors from last year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could still be Eric Pascal. It's oh, not shit warrior. <laughs> Um, Eric Pascal, <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Evans. Oh. Uh, and fun fact, <laughs> he was in the hundred percent up for frequency, and he shot fifteen of forty-seven on deep twos, which is he nice. be in the hundred percent But now he's out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> there you and go. Good work. I think that was over ten. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of that, that's a really nice um. Really nice heritage from the first like four or five episodes we did where Sean would ask me like three trivia questions every week and I'd get three wrong every week. So one answer was Pau Gasol. That's all I remember from that. <laughs> Something's never changed. <laughs> um, also, how did we go 0 for 10 when you didn't even have the answer to one of the questions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Rhetorical question. <laughs> all right. Well, um, well, a couple of minutes into the episode, should we just talk? Because honestly, right now is a great time to be a basketball fan. I feel like we keep saying that. But the deadline is behind us. And it honestly, this time of year, it feels like a patch. It feels like we've just had a patch to a video game where it's the exact same game, the same thing's happening, but it's a little bit different. The mechanics are different. Some things are a lot better. Some things are not a lot better. But the trade deadline is now behind us. And this is probably the last episode that we're going to say, uh, great time to be a basketball fan because it's going to be a horrible time to be a basketball fan from now on but boys uh who should we start off with uh actually sorry the whole thing was we're going to start off with the most important trade which is the delon right for Corey joseph swap i'm not even going to mention the picks that were sent to detroit i think the three second round picks because they're inconsequential as soon as you get to names this big it doesn't matter but let's see how are you feeling about the playoff push uh and vivek brandadive's uh dimples now that he has one of the best backup point guards on his squad well i think uh, you say the picks are inconsequential. I think they're the most consequential part. We, <laughs> we, we are so bad. My actual notes are, uh, where are they? We are so bad at drafting that it's in our best interest to give away all of our picks um, in order to get a semi-proven commodity. I, I use the word semi-proven, bolded and underlined. Um, so I'm super happy about this. This is great. I'm actually like, we did something right. And it's not going to work out. And I know that. And that's okay. but. For the sake of it. <laughs> well, um, all, all jokes aside, I actually really liked Alon Wright as a player. He hasn't played well for 
a season and a half, but I think he's actually he's much better than Corey Joseph. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've talked about we've talked about ahead. this. Uh, why why is Deron Wright so lovable? Like I love him. <laughs> I like I would love to have him play twenty minutes a night for the Wizards. Yeah, oh, yeah, he'd be over Smith. He'd be over Russell Westbrook. He's, he's, he seems really good. I, 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 no, no shitting. I would prefer him <laughs> over Russell Westbrook. No shitting. That's it's <laughs> a warning. That's a threat. Um, <laughs> like all jokes aside, we shouldn't be starting off with this one. But don't take Deron Wright's good. Yeah. Delon Wright is good. He, he, you know, to throw on my analyst cap for, you know, a little while, he, he can't <laughs> shoot, but he does everything else well. He's really good at getting to the mm. rim. He's a pretty decent playmaker. He's good defender. He's Darrell Wright's mm. brother. So, like, it all kind of comes together <laughs> to coalesce into, uh, you know, the package is, is really good if you ignore the fact that his by far career high in three-point shooting is still below the NBA average. So, you know, but no one's great at everything. So, <laughs> and right. did I mention he's Darrell Wright's brother? Hey, you did, and I'm where did that Where did that bloke go? Uh, he retired. He had a very yeah, long no, career. He disappeared, a lot of he disappeared before he retired. He seems like the sort of role player that should be an analyst like a year later. Like he's on that Channing mm. Fry, Kendrick Perkins level, um, and like didn't talk his whole life, and all of a sudden it's like he's got heaps of fucking opinions that needs to be crammed down our throats. I just googled him to find <laughs> out his age because I was like, surely he's in the big three. Would you like to know his child's name? Uh, Darrell Wright. Jr. I'll take that as a yes. Absolutely. Devin Quinton Dwayne Wade Wright. <laughs> <laughs> No way. Is this all hyphenated or are they multiple names? It's four, it's five different words. There's no hyphens. <laughs> That's sick. Oh my the, God. Dwayne the Devin, Wade Wright. The Devin and the Quinton are named after Devin Harris and Quinton Richardson, respectively. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I, that's that's actually like now that someone's broken the ice, I can call my kid Sean Steph Curry Carroll Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I can call my kid. <laughs> Lucas Sean Carroll Petritus Jr. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to some real moves and some real news. Uh, oh, yeah. The most surprising deal for this whole thing is probably the Orlando Magic finally committing to a rebuild um, after, what, seven years of rebuilding just recently, which is, I don't know how you go from a rebuild to a rebuild, but the Orlando Magic have sent Nikola Vucevic and El Farouk Aminu to the Bulls in exchange for Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter, and two first-round picks, those being in 2021 and 2023. I don't know if there are any protections. Um, I don't think it matters too much. Like I think we know exactly where Chicago is going to be for the next couple of years. Um, so before we get into it, I will just like to say that the Chicago Bulls traded Jimmy Butler a couple of years ago, which signaled their rebuild. And in return, they got Kendrick Nunn, Zach Levine, uh, and a future pick that turned into Larry Markinen. And that was the start of the rebuild. Is this the end of the rebuild? Is this is this the final product? They've just sent out two first-round picks to get a, an all-star. Is this it, boys? Is this the Chicago Bulls of the future? I mean, the Jimmy, <laughs> the Jimmy, Butler, the Jimmy, the Jimmy Butler future, I guess, because that was, what, three years ago, but... Um, I, I hope for their sake, or not for their sake, but for their fans' sake, it's not. I am a big, I've been a big proponent this year of just winning games because I'm sick of watching my team lose. Um, so I'm all about 
And I think I rate Vucevic a little higher than you guys do. Um, I really like him, but I, whenever we're talking in um, in our chat, it always seems to be quite a bit of Vucevic slander as like the number one option. Um, at least here, he's technically not the number one. He's probably, I guess he'd be 1B. Um, I feel like him and Levine are pretty even. Um, final product, God, I hope not. But at this point, like what else are they going to do? Kobe White has had a pretty average year. Um, and his value probably isn't too high. They're not going to get rid of Patrick Williams, so I guess they're just assuming that Patrick Williams is going to pop off in the next three well, years. Well, they have to because like no one's playing defense on this team. They've got Kobe White, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic. The only good defenders and Mark are, are Thajic. Yeah, well, that's if he plays. Like you probably have to start Thajic now. Pat Williams is their best defender, and he's a rookie. And like he he came off the bench for Florida State. Like. This, I don't know who they're, know gonna, who stop. they're gonna stop. Yeah, I reckon uh, you gotta we gotta be calling Levine and Vooch the most irrelevant duo of all time. <laughs> uh, look, I don't know if I hate on Vucevic or if it's just like the product of what's around him. I just always thought that the magic should bleed Mobamba at some point. Like you got this seven-two freak who, like every single uh, season in the preseason. But like get a block, dribble the ball full court and bang a three. And it's just like, all right, well, let's, why don't you try that during the regular season? Also, yeah, he was kind of just like a hindrance to them ever starting their rebuild. And what a random time to choose, like halfway through one of the se- one of your middling seasons. I think, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think just to touch on Bamba quickly, Lucas, I come <laughs> down on the, the complete other side. Of this because <laughs> every time I've ever seen Bumba play, he takes two threes within the first minute of being in the game. He misses both of them, and then he doesn't he doesn't touch the ball again for like the next eight minutes. And if he does, it's like him looking like uh, Big Jim from Golden State trying to run a dribble <laughs> handoff, which is to say, completely deer in the headlights. But I I kind of feel myself with with this trade, the Vucevic trade, kind of like I like it. And I don't like that I like it because I feel like it's not, it doesn't really fit my mindset to get two dudes who are, you know, Eastern Conference Memorial All-Stars, uh, you know, in the mold of D'Angelo Russell and like, you know, name the 12th guy from every single Eastern Conference All-Star team. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know, on, you can put on the press release, all-star duo, but like spoken like a know. true PR guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll have a start. Opportunities you know. everywhere. <laughs> Branding never fails. Um we know as the discerning NBA fans that when they say all-star duo, we're like, okay, like we get it. But I kind of think, does this make them the fifth best team? Like, are they better than Atlanta? I would take I would take them over Atlanta. <laughs> Yeah. As currently constituted. And I think I think the next move, the only move they can make is for Patrick Williams to become Kawhi Leonard, which, <laughs> you know, it's him and Mikhail Bridges is the race to see who becomes Kawhi Leonard first. Like, yeah, they're, they're probably better than Atlanta if they played in a play-in tournament right now. Uh, but, like, if you want to take direction of any of these two franchises for the next 10 years, and even if I told you that Pat Williams turns into, like, a good Trevor Ariza with a little bit of something you would still pick Atlanta because they've just so clearly got that upper echelon of talent. Like this is they Chicago has just like been peering over the plateau uh, for a couple of years and they've just said, fuck it. Let's just walk straight on the, is am I pronouncing it right? Plateau just for the it's next five years. 
No, I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> loving it. The emphasis is completely off. The emphasis, you're funny, but like this, this is the treadmill of mediocrity. <laughs> it, it may, it may follow Vucevic wherever he goes, but they're on it. They've just jumped on it and they're loving it. Yeah, and on the like, um, who's stopping us versus we can't stop you? The team, like the who's stop? If we can't stop you, they normally lose. Apart from the Nets. <laughs> The team that can't stop anyone is going to lose. So, like, I'm so pumped to see Levine, Vucevic pick and pops because Vuce is absolutely stroking it this year and Levine's a jet going towards the rim. Um, but, like, they're just not – like, doesn't matter how many points they put together. If the other team scores 140, it's really not going to matter. Spoken like a true Kings fan. Fuck Marvin Bagley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, where did you – I do, this this is probably the biggest trade of the deadline. Is there anything else we should talk about it? Because like it seems low energy for the biggest trade of the deadline. Okay, well here's, here's no Lucas, you go, you go. Oh, oh no, no. If you're gonna keep talking about this one, because I was gonna move on to the other trade the Bulls made. Well, I just want to I just want to say on this one, yes, this probably is the treadmill of mediocrity, but with two Eastern Conference All Stars, has a treadmill of mediocrity ever looked so good you know <laughs> because i genuinely do think that like you know you know like i i i have and i think sean too have had to eat like a little bit of humble pie with how good levine has become and mm. he's he like i've said this whole season he's still bad at the things he's bad at but he's become such an elite scorer and vucevic is probably in the top five among big men scorers like he's averaging he's fully averaging 23 a game and he shoots 40% from three throwing like five assists as well. Like it's, they're pretty, they're pretty good numbers. Um, that I, the idea of them being like your fulcrums of your offense, I think is really, really appealing. And I think they are going to be really good and fun on that side. doesn't matter that Vuce is probably, Vuce is probably like the 55th best defensive center. And Larry Markinen is probably the 80th best defensive power forward. And, you know, you go down the list, you know, Levine, Kobe White, every single other player that's not Patrick Williams or Thajic, you know, it's going to be tough on that, on that front, but they're the 10 seed, they're the 10 seed anyway. And they're probably not going anywhere with Levine as their only dude. And like, what's the move? You hope that your 2023 first round pick is a star. Like if you're on the treadmill of mediocrity anyway, you may as well just try and get a little bit closer to you know, what's what's the step off the treadmill of mediocrity? Now, you if know? you're on the treadmill of mediocrity, you may as well flick the TV on. That's, that's what you're saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, Luke, why not? Lucas, before you move on to the next team, I just want to say one more thing on this trade, which is that like if you're Arturis Karnaschovas and you come into this Chicago job and you draft a project pick with Pat Williams with your, your high pick and you, know, you come in and you come from Denver, who is a team that has really just drafted their own dues and drafted well and built slowly, What's what's the play here coming in? Like, how do they build towards a championship? Let's assume that you've just been hired, so you have a couple of years of a grace period where you can like slowly build and and be that really smart thing and, and bring in your own team. He's literally just piggybacked on the team he inherited and just built on it. Yeah, just jumped more, further onto the treadmill of mediocrity. How do how do they win a championship from here? They don't. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think um, I think I think Levine and Vooch are really good comparisons is like guard and big versions of each other yeah. they're not unstoppable but they're right at the top of that elite tier where 
every single night it's like, fuck, I have to guard Levine or fuck, I have to guard Vooch. And I think that that's, you know, I'd prefer them to be the second best player on a championship winning team. And it's like, it's kind of hard to fit a guy into that that's going to be better than both Vooch and Levine. Uh, I'd say you'd have to do it through free agency. Yeah. And yeah, you keep Patrick Williams for, for sure. Yeah. Some Luke, teams aren't a- meant to win the title. Like, and it sucks <laughs> to say, but like, you know, it's like the Indiana Pacers mentality of like, well, we may as well just try and be pretty good because, you know, for there, there was a movie filmed here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chicago is probably never like those picks, even if they didn't do this trade, Chicago is probably never going to be good enough for those for bad enough, like with Levine and like a reasonable collection mm-hmm. of role players to be bad enough to get like an amazing Cade Cunningham, like change the franchise type pick. So it's like, well, you know, if you're just going to keep adding Wendell Carter juniors and they're not going to pan out, like you may as well get some established talent. Oh. The same, the same reasoning on a larger scale that a less scale for the beauty of the DeLon Wright trade is they suck at developing their own dude. So why don't they get someone else's dude, get another dude in here. <laughs> That's why we started off with that trade, like such perfect writing by the, uh, the four of us. But okay. So let's say like, yeah, what else are they going to do? Let's say one of the trades was this food trade or the other trade was trading Zach Levine to Philly for Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Tybal, and like a 2025 and a 2027 Philly pick. If they're the two options, what would you prefer? No question. This trade. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh my god! Yeah, are you for, serious? For what especially what are you for what doing? they're going for, they got they're going to win games like now. But what brings you further to, closer to a championship? They got two picks anyway, so you're pretty much just saying like it's it's. No, exactly. No trading, me, trading Zach Levine. Yeah, I know, but you're saying like give me Vucevic or give me Tyrese Maxi, and there's picks in there anyway, and it's like, well, I'll just take Vucevic. All right. All right. And also, like, can't confirm that Maxi's better than Kobe White. No, no, Maxie, you can't. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I got, give me, give me the big European white guy that can't defend another human. All right, um, uh, Luke, Lucas, I know you really want to move on to the next thing, but just one more <laughs> thing on this trade. <laughs> um, but like Sean mentioned, that this trade was like we we have sort of like a boring reaction to it. We've been waiting for a trade at the the last minute of the trade deadline for like years, and it finally happened. We finally got this like semi blockbuster deal, and it, and it kind of sucked. <laughs> so we're just sitting here like, where was the like you know all star moves at trade deadline to fix playoff team rah rah rah, and it's like. Vucevic <laughs> to the Bulls to get them from the tenth seed to the sixth seed. So- we, we did have the Harden trade. That was this year as well. Mm. Yeah, but that's it's, it's that's different to the trade deadline. deadline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The it last, was before the trade deadline. <laughs> the last one that I remember, that the last trade deadline I remember that was like that was the 2014 or 15 trade deadline where Phoenix traded for Brandon Knight inexplicably. And I was, br- <laughs> I was brushing my teeth at like 7.15 in the morning and I was telling my mom like, Mom, you're not going to believe this. And she was like, shut up, brush your teeth and go to school. And I was like, mom, you're not going to believe it. we traded for Brandon Knight. And she was like, get out of here. Anyway, that was like the, that was like the, the, like the deadline of the deadline. That was like minutes before. 
Yeah, and so aren't you so glad they did? <laughs> yeah. All right, Lucas, take us away. <laughs> um, yeah, look, my patience is born. <laughs> um, I, I feel like it was much more relevant to what uh, where the conversation was before, but <laughs> I'm excited to see Troy. This is from a Wizards fan perspective. I'm so excited to see Troy Brown Jr. in Chicago. So I would say he's a re- a re- like a fucking really good comp for him would be Lonzo, who was also um, being mentioned to go to Chicago. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. is a really good playmaker, a really good passer, a really good um, cutter, and a really good defender. Not a great shooter. He can shoot every now and again. But, like, the one thing that he didn't have was, like, assertiveness, and he would never impose his will on the game. He was just kind of a passenger and a role player. And I think him next to Levine and Vucevic, I'm just happy for him. And that's all I wanted to say. The poor man's Gary Trent Jr. That's what I think but with a little bit more spice. So like with the passing in him and with a little bit more upside, is that, would you say that? Uh, I'd say Londo ball personally, but I just thought of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Gary Trent Jr. one's kind of cool too. Don't you reckon he's the, the same kind of player though? Nah, Gary Trent Jr. is much more like a three and D, much, yeah. like much more, much better shooter. What did you get for him? Daniel Gafford and... Some oh just just fucking C pluses across the board, Chandler Hutchinson, Chandler Hutchinson, whatever, Hutcher or Hutchin. Uh I'm excited to see Gafford. I've always liked him. And is he then, starting yeah, center? I feel like Chandler Hutchinson's oh hopefully. Tomorrow? Oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> if I see it, Alex Lynn fucking start another game. <laughs> Alex Lynn and Robin Lopez is our center rotation. <laughs> no, it's no longer to Mo Wagner as well. Dude, you should feel bad for me. We've got um Kevon Looney and Big Jim. I don't know if that's you saw zero that's points, that's four dope. turnovers. What do you mean that's dope? <laughs> no, Kevon Looney, Looney, Looney is, is my prime. guy. Yeah. He, don't he, care. You that, should guy, watch him. that guy won you two chips. You should watch him this year. Like He used to be able to switch onto James Harden and like do the do these ones with his palms right up face in the air mm, and then stick yeah, with oh, him. Yeah. No longer. No yeah. longer. That is not the Kevon Looney after his strange injury last year that kept him out the whole year. Yeah. What was he like? Broke his It was everything? something that sounded. No, nah, it was like. Uh, it had some weird name that sounded a bit like a nuclear power plant. And I, I'll, I'll Google it while, while SEO takes the conversation. <laughs> um, so I guess the second biggest trade uh, was, uh, do you guys think, actually, I'll ask a question instead. What was bigger, Oladipo or Aaron Gordon? Aaron Gordon. Oh. You mean the Avery oh. Bradley trade? <laughs> yeah, the Avery Bradley trade, correct. The Olenek trade. The not myers Leonard trade. <laughs> I think I think it was Gordon. See, I reckon because- it was Oladipo from the team getting them's perspective in the hope that they play Oladipo off the bench. I'm actually excited to see Oladipo. Oh, I like the idea of him as a six man coming into a stable situation where everyone else's roles are defined because I feel like he never really had that stability in well he was just like second second thought in OKC. And he never really had that stability in Indiana, I felt. Uh, and I feel like that like less is more type thing will really help um, re- will really help him. And I'm just not losing it over Aaron Gordon uh, in Denver. I'm not like, I'm not in love with it. Uh, all right. What, what if I said he was like, if you've got a spectrum of Jeremy Grant and Kenneth Fareed and Aaron Gordon is like 60% towards Jeremy Grant. Does that sound sexy? I think Jeremy Grant sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Is Jeremy Grant just the the next like 
the next Malcolm Brogdon meme? Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> it, has, it, it has to be. Because the well, Nuggets are contractually the, obliged to yeah. mention that every, every time. The Nuggets yeah. offered him the $20 million that he got from Detroit. He just, he yeah, just yeah. went with the role. But I, I really like Aaron Gordon in Denver because like he can play the four on offense and play the three on defense, while MPJ can play the three on offense and the four on defense. You obviously don't want him guarding the LeBron types, but then you don't want Aaron Gordon being your only, like your wing out there next to Will Barton as the shooter that you're going to pass it to. He can, he's obviously athletic. We know he's athletic. He's dropped off a bit, but you've got Nikola Jokic right there. Um, I, I think you put anyone next to Nikola Jokic and they get a little bit better. And if any, if anyone has Dante can attest to, if anyone needs a new situation, it's Aaron Gordon. Uh, Dante was hoping it was his Phoenix Suns, but like, I don't know if you guys listen to Zach Lowe's podcast because I completely echo his thoughts on Aaron Gordon. And he, he's honestly been saying it since the guy was drafted where it's like, this is awesome. Imagine what he looks like not playing next to Chumi, Chumi, Ikoki, and, and like John Isaac. And it's like, yeah, so disrespectful. Sorry, man. Like I've never watched him play. Um, he's good at 2K though. But like imagine him in a system where everyone else can shoot and he's, he's just asked to just cut and just play good defense on the LeBron types, the Mikhail Bridges types, if you will. Can he play good defense though? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sold on that. Ah, really? <laughs> I thought I thought the consensus was that he's like not that good. That he, he he's the like he's the like oh he's got all the tools and it's like all right well <laughs> sweet can he defend though because if you I'm can't into a like you near you yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah coming to I, a mountaintop near you I think he's I think he is a legit good defender uh, and I've just popped up on. Um, cleaning the glass and the numbers corroborate that he has been a fairly decent defender this season. Um, but the thing that I'm the thing that I'm thinking with like I, I really like this trade. I think that there's two main reasons why. One, when we see the first Jokic to Gordon like full court pass and Gordon just like stuffs it, we're gonna be like, oh, okay, like that's that's really cool. And then. The second is like, like Sean said, like the positional flexibility here and the way that he can slot in at either wing spot with MPJ. But also imagine if they just like in the, you know, in the 10 non-Jokic minutes, imagine if they just played MPJ at the four and him at the five and you just went small. Because the dude's a good rebounder. He's not, you know, like the, the most amazing interior defender. Like he's not a shot blocker. Uh, but like, that would, that, that would be a sick lineup. Like Murray at Murray at the two, you know, Barton, or maybe Murray at the point, Barton, you know, MPJ, throwing someone else in, Gordon. Like I, I think that, that would be like a cool gimmick lineup that might actually in the right situation just like blow the doors off people. My favorite- MPJ is a good rebounder too. Mm. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite thing about this whole entire trade is that Gary Harris is getting paid $20 million, $21 million this year and 21 next year. And like to get off that amount of money, it at least takes an asset, maybe a first round pick to get off that money. And they were able to throw him with a first round pick and RJ Hampton, who, who's looked fine in what, like seven minutes a game. So let's call him a first round pick sort of guy. So you're getting off two, you're getting two first round picks. Let's maybe that's the price of just offloading $21 million next year, but you also get the best player back in the deal. I think that that's a bit of a swindle and look, good, good luck to Orlando for getting rid of that. Cause you've got a guy who's probably not going to touch the court. Um, and when he has in the least last year and probably for the next two years, doesn't look as the full healthy Gary Harris. Yeah. And jumping right off that in my head, at least it feels, and I know I've heard this in a few pods, um, 
Aaron Gordon went from like the most overrated asset to the most like meh asset to be traded. He was like Timberwolves, two first round picks, or I don't know. You name the there, team that wanted. There was the, a report the that 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 the Celtics had put two first round picks and Marcus Smart on the table. Yeah, like so. Obviously, it's all bullshit because then you know Orlando's not going to not going to not take those deals. So. All the reports are two first-round picks or first-round pick and young stud, and they ended up with salary dump, barely a first-round pick, and then a first-round pick that's probably going to be in the twenties, even though it um, conveys in twenty twenty-five. So the Nuggets, will, as in the Nuggets, will still be good at that point. Alex, did you just suggest that the Boston Celtics were lying about their chances and getting a trade? Just still, you joked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, Lucas. Go, Lucas. <laughs> Do it again. I'll cut me. <laughs> so you're telling me the Celtics are really close to getting Aaron Gordon? I'm saying that they weren't really close. I hate that you got a bigger <laughs> laugh from Dante when you said the exact same joke. <laughs> it's leave them both it's a delivery. It's all a delivery. It's right. fucking 11.40 on a Saturday night. You're leaving them both <laughs> in. <laughs> I actually told my friend I was doing the podcast at 11 tonight and he's like, hang on, so like four young men and neither of you are doing anything on Saturday night. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> this is the thing we're doing. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that 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 makes Aaron Gordon the Carlton Draft Player of the Week. <laughs> Come on. <down. laughs> Does this, one last thing on this trade. Does this give also, back to the uh, duos of the NBA, the Nuggets now have the two biggest fucking tosses duo of all time. Like is Aaron oh my going? God, where is this? Where is this going? You, I'm trying is to Aaron Gordon a bit of a toss up? Nah, man. As is Michael Porter Jr. Nah, no. man. We got we got Terrence Davis, so we've got the second biggest tosser. <laughs> but right. how, Sean, how's, man, how's Aaron Gordon a tosser? What's it? he hasn't said a word since he was drafted. He had a diss track against Shaq, and he looked like a fucking peanut in it. Really? Uh, the only bad yeah. thing I know is that joke that I made today, where yes. He chose the number double, double zero when he was drafted in 2014 because that's the, that's the sort of look that he wants fans' eyes to look when he plays double low. Like everyone just sits there with their eyes open like serial killers. And now he's, yeah, he's number 50. Ha ha. He wants fans and Denver's eyes to look like 50. You can, <laughs> you can construe that however you want. Um, is there, I, I didn't know he did a diss track. I'm not going to listen to it. I completely believe you. I, I've, I've just Googled it. It was, it was actually against Dwayne Wade and it was in response to the uh, the dunk contest and the name oh, of the diss track. Yeah. The name of the oh. diss track is called 9 out of 10. Yeah. Oh. yeah that, that's like that's some it. Riley Reid diss Yeah, actually, Lucas. Yes, it is. Lucas, I 100% agree with at least one half of what you said. <laughs> you don't reckon Michael Porter Jr. is a toss-up? Eh, Michael Porter Jr. Like, I'd try and like tune him out. You know, other than just like you know, watching him, you know, stack up eighteen and sevens. <laughs> he was in the in the middle of the bubble. He was like answering reporters while chewing on like a nut mix with his mouth oh, open. Exactly, exactly. The only thing I can think he's, about. He's <laughs> chewing with his mouth open, being like, "Well, maybe if they passed me the ball more, we would win yeah. some fucking games." It's like you have played seven fucking games in the NBA, bro. Relax, <laughs> right? <laughs> You are not the number one commodity. On you are not the number one commodity in this fucking team, let alone the NBA. He did God play really it. well in the Clipper series, and he did hit a game winner, so he had a little bit of ammo behind him. But yeah, it's also he, like he shut is good. Up. He is good at basketball. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess actually, he can say I'm right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can I uh, can I read you a can I read you two lines from Aaron Gordon's diss track? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that they that they go together because they start with the same phrase. So it's like I'll read them, I'll read them back to back. Nine out of ten could have bought the Fama Benz. Nine out of ten probably lost an M. How much how much money do you make for winning the dunk contest? Aaron Gordon is making like sixteen million a year, so <laughs> Probably could have bought the fam of Benz anyway. <laughs> anyway, in, in in buying the Benz, does he lose the M? Go, wait, he's losing an M either way, you know. Stop Aaron blaming Gordon. Dwayne Wade for your financial troubles. Aaron yes. Gordon, the Carlton Draft Player of the Game. Do you win because you're happy, or are you happy because you win? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Nicolas Ultra advertising content is banned on this podcast. Well, how we wouldn't God. even know. We've never seen one in our lives. Uh, all right, let's move on to what's what's the third biggest trade? <laughs> oh, we we got we got to legit do the Oladipo trade. Yeah, we got to do Oladipo. I was I was going to say Norman Powell. <laughs> This dude, no, he's got one leg. Like, all right, Oles, give us the particulars for the Oladipo trade. We love our sports. Obviously, we're doing a freaking basketball podcast. But what we love about the sport is the competition. The elite athletes, the memes, the off-season moves, the free agency periods, the trades, the dunks, the shooting, and we even love replay reviews sometimes. We love everything to do with the game. But what we don't love is seeing gambling ads every time there's a break in play. While having a punt may seem harmless, we're seeing almost as much gambling content as sport itself, and something has to change. Gambling is becoming further and further ingrained in sports, whether on TV, radio, podcasts, online, jerseys, billboards, and pretty much everywhere we look. The Australian gambling industry spent $273 million on advertising in 2018, and it has only grown with more people gambling and more people losing. The answer isn't to ban sports gambling, but there needs to be a change in the way it's advertised. Three quarters of Aussie kids now think that betting on sport is normal. However, it's not a prerequisite for enjoying the game. Follow the link in this episode's description or type in ngamblingads.org.au forward slash petition to sign the petition to remove gambling ads from the sports we love and go back to enjoying it without any money on it. Okay, so I my my... My phrase for this in my notes here is Oladipo for what? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> um, Houston, if you are trading an asset, you have to get assets in return. <laughs> if not, what is the point of acquiring the asset? You could have had Levert. And uh, Jared Allen. Or Allen or anything, bro. You could have had anything. They're like, all right, we'll take Oladipo, offer him some money. He declines it. All right, well, now we have to flip him. Yeah, his value is not that great, but surely we can get something for him. They got Avery Bradley, who I believe is on a one-year. Is that correct? Five mil. Yep, so that's nothing. So he's gone. Olinix in the last year of his deal, so he's gone. And they got the rights to swap a draft pick in I don't know which year. But like, Thank you. What's the point? I don't understand. They they really couldn't have gotten anything better. For James Harden as well. Bradley and Olinix teams both made it to the NBA finals last year. <laughs> <laughs> Raphael Stone has done a very bad job. And Dante, at the start of the year, you were saying, let's give the guy a chance. Like I was putting him down before he even got to prove himself because because of the way he got into the job being Tillman Dirty Fingers for Tita's friend. And you were like, Sean be the nice guy give him a chance 
Dante, how has that chance gone? I'm not saying this is your fault. I'm just saying we have a, a track record ahead of us now. Well, I mean, as as Aless just said, when they did the Harden trade, they could they had the choice between having Jared Allen and Karis Levert or Oladipo. And is this is this the biggest backfire in recent NBA trade history? Because you could have had Karis Levert. Maybe I'm higher than Karis Levert and other people, or Jared Allen, who looks like he's going to be like a top five defensive center sooner rather than later. Mm. And at the very least, their their actual assets. Uh, because not only do they not, the reason why they didn't get any assets for Oladipo is because he was shit. <laughs> because there's not a market for guards demanding 25 plus million who don't shoot 40%. Like, come on. Like, I, like, who, like he thinks he's Brandon Jennings, you know, he's just trying to roll out these 37% seasons back, you know, back to back to back. And I just think the Rockets have well and truly fucked it. Mm. And, I'll tell you, I've got this mental association in my head now. And I, this is because this GM came from Houston. Every time I think about Raphael, not um, Monty McNair, no, Raphael Stone, I think about Gerson Roses in Minnesota, who just makes me so mad. And so every time I think about Houston now, I'm thinking about <laughs> Minnesota, which gets me upset. So, you know, it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. But yeah, the- anyway. The Daryl Morey GMing tree is like a rotten bonsai that hasn't <laughs> actually like had any saplings go anywhere. You got Monty McNair, Gus uh, Hamrosis, and now Raphael Stone. Um, I'd just like to say, Dante, we had this debate probably 40 episodes ago about CJ McCollum or Victor Oladipo. This was when Oladipo was uh, injured. We brought this up before. Obviously, you've gone with consistency and like uh, you know that second tier of good player. I said, hey, Oladipo had that one really good year. And I have a sheet right here, boys. Just there's the ASMR for the mic. I have a sheet with all of the important trades that I want to talk about in this episode. And there is no Oladipo note. I've highlighted all the important ones and I have no extra notes on Oladipo. Uh, that is how far it has dropped and how far. Dante, I was wrong to you. It took 100 episodes for me to admit it, but I was wrong in that debate. 100th times the charm. Um, <laughs> Lucas, do you do you think that this trade for Oladipo makes Miami better? And if so, how much? Like what are that, what's the actual impact going to be for for this team i i look if you give me carte blanche which i have talked to pat riley and we're just we're we're, we're, <laughs> we're ironing out the details but you have to bring him off the bench for 20 minutes a game he plays against second units uh and yeah i think it makes him better you're you're repl- effectively replacing avery black oh wow actually i don't know if i prefer oladipo than avery bradley on this team and kelly Olenek, who's Starting at the four, the not the yeah, but they got <laughs> yeah, but they got uh, Alessio's boy, Bielitsa. Yes, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd definitely take Bielitsa over Olinik, but man, I actually am not sure because I'm just trying to think about it defensively. Bradley and Oladipo, I just don't know enough about Oladipo anymore, and I think Bradley's a really consistent defender. Um, so maybe I have to walk back my comment as well. <laughs> if there's one team where you can send an injured sort of out of shape player and they get better and bounce back, it is Miami. They could have also just signed him. So I don't know. Question though, if he's playing 20 minutes a game coming off the bench, is he closing? Because in theory, nah. if he's closing, that means you have either Hero or Robinson not like playing in the fourth quarter, which 
Oladipo has never been a good three-point shooter or an above-average three-point shooter like those two dudes are. And so much of what Miami does is predicated on having at least two like elite-level shooting threats on the floor at all times. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, you, you said no, Lucas, in, yeah. in, in him closing, which is like the dude was All-NBA, second team or third team, like – three years ago and now we're like eh, like you know Duncan Robinson's gonna close over him <laughs> I, I don't know if Miami like uh, are liking the hero experience at the moment um he's had a pretty topsy-turvy year not that Oladipo hasn't but if you close with Oladipo Robinson Butler Bialita Adebayo something like that um Instead of hero, and then hero is your twenty-five minute Lucas Petrida special off the bench. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. I've got. Um, I was thinking before I had to close my mouth, but I'll just ask: If Karis Levert still had the tumor not cut out, would he have had more value? Than <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> All right, just making sure we're on the same page there. <laughs> um, I, it's just like. I was going to build off your point, but uh, like, so Oladipo <laughs> thinks he's much better than he is. Obviously he turned down a $90 million extension. He turned down a $45 million extension yeah. from Houston. Already that's uh, enough notes for me for someone who didn't write notes about Oladipo. But <laughs> if he thinks that he's the player, it should be finishing games. And look, it's, it looks like they're probably going to get Lamarcus Aldridge now. They've agreed to the buyout Miami of front runners. If those two come in and those are two, <laughs> if those are two players that don't want to start on, they don't want to come off the bench for their respective teams before, it's like, well, what are you going to do? And I've actually come up with the idea of a washed union where Oladipo <laughs> and LMA can say, hey, are you getting are you getting put down as a player and you should be starting? And they're going to come to Pat Riley and be like, no, we will get into your fitness regime when we get to start games. Otherwise, we won't be playing. And that's when Pat Riley turns around and says, go fuck yourself uh, and just puts them into shape because why the hell would they start slash finish games when they don't prove that they, like in the famous words of Bill Simmons, Nemanja is better than what Marcus Aldridge will be. Nemanja Belita. Thanks for coming to the talk. When the Rockets offered Oladipo 45 over two, I was thinking this was some 6D chess like... uh, we offered this guy 45 million over two. So we don't really want to trade him as their trading piece, as they're like pitch to trade him to be like, we don't really want to get rid of this guy. But then they ended up getting, you know, Kelly Olenek, a second, uh, first and uh, Avery Bradley. So on that front, effectively, the Rockets turned Karras and Jarrett into Avery <laughs> and Kelly. Crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, like, and... Not to bury the lead here. The reason why Oladipo is on the team at all is because James Harden isn't. So not only is it like the asset play or the asset play mismanagement, but James Harden's no longer there. And the best that you have to show for it is Brooklyn first round picks when Brooklyn has <laughs> the team that they do and they just keep winning and winning and winning. And Kevin Durant hasn't played in, you know, close to two months. Like, Man, James that, James Hart James Harden is setting the NBA on fire, dude. Why is James Harden leaving a team with Ben McLemore and like a bunch of t- turds to go to Brooklyn to join <laughs> his mates, and they're, and they're not even playing with him? He's still putting up forty four points in 30, 38 minutes, and he's still playing with Bruce Browns. And <laughs> I can't believe you just said a bunch of turds. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously though, 
can you can you name me ten players on the Houston team right now apart from anyone that was traded? No, you can't because you can only fit twelve players on a roster. And there's, we've mentioned three people already. Uh, should we move on? <laughs> Before we move on, I just, I just want to cap this Houston discussion by saying credit where credit is due. That John Wall spin layup the other day was pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, was it to, was it to, better than the Morant one? Nah, but it's still good. Where was he for the past twenty games? On the court. That's why they were losing. Oh. <laughs> I yeah, I mean that's another dude I bought into. I was really looking forward to Wall and Beal, but oh, actually, what would you rather, Lucas, right now? If you turn on Wall basketball, and Beal. <laughs> 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 knowing what you know. <laughs> Oh, that's man. Um, it still is. It still is. What would you rather, Delon or Corey Joseph <laughs> instead of um, Russell Westbrook? Uh, Delon, Delon, yeah, brother of Darrell, right? Uh, all right. So should we talk about? Uh, let's let's talk about um, the Blazers and Raptors trade before we move on to some of the non-trades. Uh, who? I'll just ask each of you who won this trade. Um, obviously, the Blazers sent Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood to the Raptors for. Uh, Norman Powell, who won that trade? I think the Raptors won because Norman Powell's a free agent at the end of this year. Well, he's got a he's got an option, I think, for twelve mil that he's obviously he's averaging twenty points, so he's obviously going to opt out. And like, I don't know, Gary Trent's like pretty decent, and I, I I know that he is pretty much like like you know he's just a three and D dude. He doesn't really offer much. Um, other than shooting on offense and Norm Powell's a, a way more uh, skilled and capable offensive creator. But for a team with two skilled and capable offensive creating guards, like I feel like isn't there a bit of positional redundancy and like, I don't want to pay Norm Powell for like four years, 80 million, which is probably what's going to cost to keep him now, you know. Mm. On top of paying CJ guys that do what Norm does better. Yeah, I mean, like they're the same. Collective 90. Same size, same position, same skill set, same, same weaknesses. weaknesses. Like, you're just. He's, he's higher, he's fees lower. This joke, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> it would, it's just like, it's just like being like, okay, like we're going to, we're going to bring in. Valanciunas to play the five and to offset his weaknesses, we're going to bring in Cantor as his backup. It's like the logic just does not work when you stack weakness on weakness on weakness. So I, I, and then you, you're paying, you're going to pay 20 million a year for, for, for that. So I have a hard time getting my head around it. Powell's good though, but like just for that team. But this Are just goes back to the Chicago thing from before where it's like, yeah, all right. So we're going to score heaps of points, but we can't stop another team. Like you're not going to win. I don't like get it. I'm so like Lucas and I spoke about Portland two, two four man weaves ago. I think where we're just like, eh, fuck Portland. Like who cares? I'm over Portland. They everything they do kind of like sucks. It doesn't really do anything. And this this is like the, this is like the headliner for that. Yeah, you just pick up another. You guys have already said it all. He just it does what McCollum does, but less good. You're going to pay him a similar amount of money. And lose defensive versatility. And then the Raptors pick up, like assuming Lowry leaves at the end of the year, they pick up a guy who just slides into the two position and shoots threes and plays defense, which is literally all they need. Um, and he's on a rookie deal for one more year. Yeah. So it's a controllable asset mm. for the next, like, you know, hypothetically four years. And he's also tradable, like as in 
they can sign Trent and then just flip him when they have to in two years' time, knowing Ujiri. Are you saying Norman Powell is a worse version of CJ? Like Dame is a better version of CJ? Yeah, well, so now they got the they're... Yeah. <laughs> levels of the pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> they have three CJs effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 3J. That's not how I <laughs> that's not how I feel about Norman. Uh can I take the easy answer and say I think both teams win? Um because I don't think that oh he might be just a, a, a marginal upgrade over Trent and Hood, Norman Powell, but I think they prefer him over Gaz and Rod in a game seven. Like Dame, CJ, Powell, Rocco, and Nurk is a pretty sick five. Yeah, it doesn't win you the championship. Holland's not winning with Trent and Hood and fucking <laughs> and Powell. If they could just get all three, they're not winning. Yeah, yeah. For Toronto, though, I really like this because their two starting guards now, it's still going to be Lowry and Van Vliet to obviously like create a ball dominant types. And then on the wing with Siakam, who can be, you know, ball dominant and a little bit of an initiator. And Ananobi, who has those skills but doesn't necessarily get to showcase them all the time. Trent is just the perfect dude for this team where he doesn't really need the ball. If he catches it, he's going to shoot. You know what you're going to get. He's decent size. He's a decent defender. Uh, I just feel like stylistically for this team, he he works really well. And like maybe he never gets heaps better than this, but 15 points on 40% from three is like a super mm. valuable. And I would I would probably be comfortable with like giving him like a two-year $28 million deal like after after next season, mm. you know, like not committing like big, massive long-term money like you are to Powell, um, but, you know, like a, a, a kind of like a, a similar deal to what Kelly Oubre got from Phoenix a couple of years ago where you're like, you're pretty good. You could get better. And if you get better, you'll outperform a contract. And if you don't, like it's not a huge overpay anyway. And yeah, I, I like it. And and what an absolute cock tease by Toronto. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff talking about Kyle Lowry getting traded. They moved Terrence Davis for a second. They moved Norman Powell for um, Gary Trent Jr. And they moved Matt Thomas for a second round pick uh, to Utah, I believe. So they've just opened it up where it's like, okay, we're, we're going to do a four for one, whether that be Los Angeles or, or Philly. Uh, and then obviously turned around and didn't trade him. And on that note, well, well segued, Sean. Should we move on to some of the big names that didn't get traded? Utah got another white guy. Cool. Yeah, let's <laughs> go on. All right. Well, let's talk about Kyle Lowry. Do you guys think that Toronto should have traded Kyle Lowry this uh, this trade deadline? Yep. Um, so is he just going to be a free agent now in six months' time? Yeah. So do you reckon Masai Ujiri is just like, all right, fuck all of you. Like to all the suitors, it's just like fuck you guys. You can fight over him in the in the free, in the in the off season. Like well, I'm not going to bend. Apparently, there was no Tyler Hero or Talon Horton Tucker getting added into the trades. Also, what what's Los Angeles offering if not Talon Horton Tucker? But apparently, he doing he didn't do it because he didn't like the deal and said yeah fuck you and said just do it in the off season. Mm. I had heard that LA was was making an offer of Schroeder and KCP, which if that was the case, I think that that LA should not do that because you need, you need dudes. You still need mm. dudes and that, you know, there's no one else who can replace what KCP does because Taylor Horton Tucker and like 
pinch me, but like what, like when did Taylor Horton Tucker become like an, like an asset? Like we're like, Oh, like, you know, like they didn't put him in the trade for Kyle Lowry, who's a six time all-star and like NBA champion. And like maybe he's gone to the hall of fame. Like, nah, we couldn't part with um, our dude. Who's got long arms and shoots 24% from three. Like we, we, we and, couldn't do it. And there were also rumors that the Los Angeles, like his 2027 pick was included in a trade, not Taylor Horton Tucker. And it's like, the 2027 pick is better than Taylor Horton Tucker. So that's why I think there's a little bit of uh, posturing by Masai Ujiri. It's like, oh, we didn't like the offers. Uh, and then he can just go into the offseason, sort of start afresh, lose $30 million, not have to have these contracts on these books. <clears throat> sounds like yeah, it sounds like the Raptors are Boston North. Yeah, but like, same with, like, just take take an offer, right? Why don't you just take an offer? What are you doing? Like, you're not going to win anything anyway. Well, one Tyrese just- Maxey and a matching contract, is that is that good? Yeah, well, it's better than zero. Then go walk. <laughs> what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't walk? Then he's thirty six, and they're still not going to win with him. I, yeah, like, fair enough. I guess the Raptors aren't going to go for a hard reset, but it needs to be a semi. They're not going for a Bulls reset or an Orlando Magic reset, but it's got to be a semi reset. And but in the same that. way that Sean always says that he would be happy to have. Steph and Clay just be average for you know three years and ride out their careers with the Warriors. Like I'm sure that most Toronto fans and probably the organization feel similar. They're like, if 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 you take like yeah you know, another deal and we're not great and you want to retire and you want to play like one more game in front of the home fans actually in Toronto after COVID. You know, well, like I, I feel like they would maybe do that now. I for what it's worth, I think that all of this reporting isn't coming from nowhere and he probably does want to leave. So he probably will leave, but they would have a good sense of like whether he actually would leave or not. It doesn't seem like a very Ujiri move to not trade Lowry. I thought- Yeah, uh, it's true. I'm, su- I'm surprised that the guy who has like no remorse and will just, you know, hey, Demar and thanks for your time, catcher. Um, yeah. The guy, the, you know, he's willing to just do any to-, to bring him in, pat him on the shoulder and then just kick him in the ass as soon as they start doing something. Um, for all of a sudden to have this like reverence for Kyle Lowry, it kind of shocked me. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I also agree. They probably should have traded him. Um, it, like Will was talking when he came on the pod, Dante. Will was saying that he does want Kyle Lowry to stay there and it's like, look, you've been a, you've been a good Raptor. I think that's a tier below Stephen Clay. And I'm saying that as a Golden State fan, but look, guys that are going to ride out their whole entire career on the Warriors, as opposed to Kyle Lowry, one championship, not three chestnut checkers. Uh, but there, there is there is something there. Um, like, Lucas, Bradley Beal's doing it. Bradley Beal's already started. He's riding out the career with the Washington Wizards. <laughs> Start them young. Is, is anyone else ever shocked? Like every time they check Kyle Lowry's age, like I swear he still plays like with so much bounce and energy, and like he's like fucking twenty five. But yeah, every time you check his age, it doesn't change the fact that he's thirty five. Yeah, he's he's very old, and that's probably also why LA and Philly didn't give in too much on the trade because mm. you are trading for a thirty five year old. That let's say you you get him to make one finals push. Well, what if he just gets injured because he's an old man? Yeah. But then look at what happened. Look at what's happened in Phoenix with Chris Paul, who's older, I believe, thirty six or is something. This, like is that. this the finals push, Dante? I tell you what, with make the playoffs first. Forty five <laughs> with forty five games played, where the two seed. So you know, you're right. You, LeBron did come to Cleveland, who hadn't made the playoffs the year before, and took him to the finals. I mean, like, like, like if Philly, like hypothetically, if Philly gave up, you know, Danny Green's contract and Maxi and. 
let's say, let's just say a protected first, just for argument's sake, like a heavily protected first, a shitty first. If if he leaves, then if you know if if you get this one playoff push, and then he leaves, he doesn't resign. Well, you've just cleared heaps of cap space, and you can use that again for you know Danny Green's Danny Green's contract. And yes, it hurts to lose Maxi, but in the grand scheme of things, Maxi's not that good. And you at least now, and you just traded for uh, George Hill anyway to kind of bring that in. So I feel like the risk reward would have been quite like high and low for them in that mm. sorry low and high like high high reward and like low risk because like whatever and if you thought that he was going to come back you just sign to a one-year deal and if he's old and gets hurt or he's old and his play drops off it's like it's one year and then you're done and mm. you don't have to worry about it. it doesn't like completely submarine your championship window like what honestly would happen in phoenix if chris paul were to get hurt or just become like old and shit like he's got so many years and so much money still left on the deal so um you're lucky i think you're you're lucky that he's playing really well yeah lucky that he's you know yeah he hasn't dropped off at all you said it he's playing really well (laughs) just to just to sidestep here um you might enjoy this dante but the simmons and rusillo show today um were like oh yeah you know phoenix are gonna probably lock themselves into the number two seed but i just don't trust deandre ayton in a playoff game like he hasn't played in any big games it's like, yeah, they haven't made the fucking playoffs yet, guys. <laughs> and neither is Devin um, Booker. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, he did score 70. Yeah, well, that's true. Dante um, Aiden scored 22, bro. Yeah, like, like, yeah, obviously, Both we don't numbers. trust them. We haven't seen them. So we don't trust anyone that hasn't been there, right? Like, relax. Let them let them play a playoff series first, man. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon the Suns go for the, for the one seed. They make it the mission to finish first in the West this um this season. We keep just, losing to the Orlando's of the world, so yeah, yeah, hard and to do. Just constant, constant backlash for like just constant putting down the Utah Jazz. My finals prediction for two years ago coming to fruition, <laughs> and you just forget that they're the number one seed. I actually thought they were going to finish sixteen twenty two that season. I didn't yeah. think they'd do jack shit in the playoffs. But I thought they'd do, <laughs> they'd go sixteen twenty two. Well, they essentially did. Um, but anyway, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to some of the other guys that didn't get traded because kind of need a power through this uh, podcast. And I think the the non trades are a little bit more interesting than the actual trades. First one being the Sacramento Kings. And I thought, speaking of six D chess, I thought that Monty McNair was doing some seven D chess, which was like, look, Harry Barnes, obviously a good asset. Rashawn Holmes, yes, he's very good. Uh, do you really want to pay him if you're Sacramento? Do you want to pay him $15 million a year? Maybe you do. But the 60 chest was him saying that, look, our owner Vivek Ranadivi says that we're actually pretty close to the play-in. Uh, and if I look at the standings right now, they're currently uh, the 11 seed at 20 and 25, which is... Currently not close. Currently not close. But if I thought this was some 60 chest from uh, Monty McNair using the leverage of his crazy owner saying, well, our owner says we're a playoff team. So like, if you really want to just sludge Harry Barnes, you're, you're going to have to pay for it because we're a playoff team if you just ask Vivek. Uh, it didn't work. So 60 chess turned into 1D chess, which uh, is colloquially known as chess. And he lost the game of chess. And now Harry oh, Barnes... <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm pretty sure 1D chess is known as checkers. No, one D chess is when you play chess against One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, end the pod. End the pod. <laughs> Dogun Zane, 
All right, I've just uh, <laughs> is that because he's stupid or because he's hot? Like, what's your angle there? He's the only one I can think of. <laughs> Harry Styles. Uh, all right, so I've, 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 I've hit stop recording. Let's just talk amongst the boys because yeah, that's the end of the pod. Uh, Rashawn Holmes and Harry Barnes. That's a joke, boys. Don't give me the weird eyes. Rashawn Holmes or Harry Barnes? Should they have traded one of them at the deadline? No. I love watching them. I love watching them. I have I've grown fond of especially Holmes. Barnes is pretty up and down, but I'll tell you what, it's good to see someone who can actually dribble a basketball and, and shoot it relatively well. It it really, really makes me happy. So that's my two cents. Push shot's cool, isn't it? <laughs> it is it's funky. It's new. It's hip. It's the British Rashawn Holmes. Push shot's cool, isn't it? <laughs> can I can I tell you a quick can I tell you a quick aside just that just triggered my triggered my memory. Sorry to hijack the Rashawn Holmes convo. That's right, that, we're finished. <laughs> I know that the listeners, I know that the listeners are here for that. All right. So I'm on Instagram last night and this basketball page that I follow posts this this graphic of Lonzo Ball being like rookie season, 46% free throw percentage. And then it's like now like 76 and it's like Lonzo's improved his free throw percentage. to like almost 80%. And I commented and I'll, uh, I'll quote uh, just, just for accuracy sake. Click, click here to see my naked pictures. <laughs> so I commented, I commented bloke shoots 1.2 free throws a game. Let's settle. And this American teenager like replied to me saying most British comment of all time. And then another, (laughs) another American teenager commented replying to me saying, blimey mate, that's quite low in it. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You literally use the word bloke, which I'm pretty sure no British person has ever said. Um, But you know, America, COVID's got them crazy. Anyway, <laughs> big time. Um, on on Harrison Barnes, we haven't even touched on the Celtics. I know, I know, we were talking about players that didn't get traded, but how about teams that were in every trade? Oh, Lucas, you can <laughs> follow up on this, but teams that were in every trade talk and then never did a fucking trade, <laughs> oh, except for the, except for the, the two trades they did do. Don't Google it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to trade when all of your first round picks for the past three years have just been turds. <laughs> I don't know why that gets you so much, Sunday. I said it specifically for you. Like, I it, just it's... feel like these are actual human beings and you're <laughs> just referring to them as like a nasty word for poos. Oh, human turds, don't they? Um, <laughs> but you're, you're not wrong. That's <laughs> say they're human beings. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're not wrong in saying that they have been turds because, like, the cumulative points per game average of their last three first round picks is probably like nine uh, between you know Peyton Pritchard and Neesmith and Grant Williams. So, you know, it makes it difficult uh, to get anything of value. Although, you know, allegedly Marcus Smart and two first round picks on the table for Aaron Gordon, which you know, obviously was alleged because if, if that was the case, like they all would have just taken it in an instant. Well, um, great segue from alleged to a legend guys. Lonzo ball didn't get traded. No, actually that that's a bad joke. Should we like, I, I, something's just struck me. Sorry to 
bud, budding Dante, but should you're just we literally budding on yourselves? So I don't know why you're apologizing. Yeah. Uh, it's late. So that's my first point. It's late. Should we power through these final talking points at the bottom, biggest winners, biggest losers, and stuff? Uh, and then B, it's late. We're up late enough so that if we had done this on the actual trade deadline, we could have done a live reaction to the deadline. And maybe next year we actually do this and stay up till 3 a.m. Is that is that a good idea? Great idea. Oh. Hey, I'm pretty late, not gonna lie. Yeah, no, <laughs> bed, 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 bedtime just that. Uh boys, who was the biggest winner slash winners of the trade deadline? Cricket. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, you know, it's just one of those questions you really got to think about. I'm it- I don't uh, Christian Wood, I wrote. I wrote Christian Wood. Yeah, buckets. That guy is just gonna have the ball whenever he wants it. Because I don't I'm not super happy with any of the trades. Portland, meh. Um, Boston, like meh. Boston, uh, so meh. Like they gave up so all right. Do you not like Fournier? No, no I but do, it's so I, meh. It's I so do like meh. I like Fournier, but like Tice is your best center. Unless you, you know, so, well, yeah, Great, really right? You, my Varg is. What are you talking about? They have to get rid of ties to get under the luxury tax, I believe, or they just don't sign Tristan Thompson because he yes. sucks, right? So now you have Robert Williams and Tice, and if you get Drummond, now you can have all three, right? Because there's this whole Boston's going to get Drummond shit, which isn't going to happen because whenever Boston says they're getting something, they'll, they'll get not. close. They'll get close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His yeah. pen will be on the paper, and then he gets a call from Blake Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Boston. Oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. Christian Wood's the biggest winner. That guy's just going to get buckets now. All right, the biggest win for me is Zach Levine because now when he's a free agent at the end of the year, his agent can be like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to go sign another all-star to pair with Nikola Vucevic? Otherwise, you'll be Orlando East slightly north. So, uh, Aaron, uh, sorry, Zach Levine is just going to get absolutely paid as much as he wants, um, probably if they can somehow create a rule to pay over the cap and over the maximum salary, they'll probably do it. I think it's Philly and Miami if... Miami gets LaMarcus Aldridge. I think both of those teams win out of that. How does Philly win? Because they don't get LaMarcus Aldridge. And I think <laughs> having, having the option to put LaMarcus Aldridge out there for the heat, even if it is for 15 mid-ranges or deep twos, uh, yeah, if, if it is for them, then, you know, I think that's a good thing. It would terrify me if he was on the crunch time five playing against Philly in the playoffs, because it's like, obviously you put Bam on Embiid, but then you'd have to put LaMarcus on Tobias Harris. And it's like, you know, yeah. And like, Oh, that would be disgusting. (laughs) Um, And yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Dante, biggest winner. Aaron Gordon, because he now is actually playing with players who can pass the ball, um, which you know, like just a, a cursory glance at the point guards of the last, you know, seven years in in Orlando would reveal that that's not something that he's had the luxury of too often. Mm. Mm. Unless you're a big MCW man, which, you know. 
Uh, all right, so biggest loser. I'll just kick off by I'll let someone else talk about how absurd the Rajon Rondo trade was. But I think the biggest loser is uh, small markets because obviously there were two guys that were rumored to be just let go and you can just sign them for free. One was JaVale McGee, the other was JJ Redick. And Dallas and Denver said, look, we need to trade actual assets, second round picks to get this guy onto our team and just take them because if they get bought out, they're just going to sign with an LA or a Brooklyn or a Philly or a more real title contender. So there's two small markets that shit. We actually need to give up like a tiny piece of value as opposed to just trusting their market. Biggest losers, guys, who? I think it's going to be George Niang's protege, Max Struess, because now <laughs> Bielitz is going to take all of his minutes and he doesn't get to strap the fuck out of triples anymore. I reckon he had him uh, when just watching games live. Obviously, none of us ever saw Sean Livingston miss a post move. I never saw I never saw Iman Shumpert hit a catch and shoot jumper for the Cavs, and I've also <laughs> never seen Max Struess miss a three pointer playing for the Heat. And I checked; he shoots thirty five percent from three. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes basketball reference lies. That was the deepest cut. Like I had had that caught me so off guard, Lucas. What a comment! <laughs> oh my God, um, biggest loser also Houston. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty self explanatory. Not on. Uh, biggest <laughs> loser, Mo Bumba, because finally the roadblock to his playing time gets moved and the number one asset that they get back in the trade is a dude who plays <laughs> the exact same position as him. Did they My- trade Ken Birch? <laughs> <laughs> Dante, you look just like Ray Liotta in, um, in Goodfellas just then. You were laughing with your finger <laughs> on your eye. It was perfect. <laughs> You know, you really are a funny guy. Uh, now, uh, before we move on, the the biggest loser is the Los Angeles Clippers for trading away a guy oh, for shit. Rajon Rondo, who isn't a guy, who is averaging 3.9 points, getting paid $7.5 million this year and next year. And Atlanta got two second-round picks for it. I'll just like to list available uh, point guards. Yogi Ferrell, Shabazz Napier, Nando DiColo, Emmanuel Moutier, and I'm sure you could trade for Alf Prayton, George Hill, which it only took one second, DeLon Wright, which it took two seconds. All of those dudes are better than Rajon Rondo this season. Um, I, can I strongly disagree with that? Really? Which which part? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? That fucking comment was a 9 out of 10, Sean. Uh, <laughs> I actually think Rajon is a good fit for the Clippers in a sense that he'll put his ducks in a row when it comes to the playoffs. And I actually, I actually like it. I think that he'll, you know, I, I think that he'll steady their offense. I think he's going to make poor George cry like a little <laughs> good, bit. Fucking good. I think he's going to make him fucking cry. He's going to like ruin his career. And I'm, I'm totally fine with that as an NBA fan, but as a, as like a, if you're the Clippers, that's probably the last thing you need. Um, are we sure that he's gonna just turn it on? I know, I know that he played well, but like, let's you know, he played well in the postseason and the last season, and his his stats was like seven points, three boards, and he had one game where he hit like four threes. So I I don't know. I mean, all I want to say is let's get Nando DiColo and Rondo in a gym right now, play to the death, and whoever whoever you know first to eleven or you know fatality. Gets to the roster spot. Uh, I think Rondo makes them worse in the regular season and the playoffs. Uh, but we'll and Lou Will, Will's gone. It's the end of an era. Yeah. Yeah. 
But they were uh, early on in this season, though. I mean, they, he, can go to, he, he can go to Magic City uh, every after every game now. So, ha-ha, every, everybody laugh quick. I I've already, just made I already know. <laughs> Lemon Pepper Lou. Uh, uh, I already know the fucking laugh track you're going to use for that one. That uh-huh, dude, uh-huh. dude, it's it's fucking twelve twenty. We need to use the laugh track now. It's twelve forty one a.m. Please do not expect uh, sound effects on this pod. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you, have to, you have to put them in yourself. Uh, all right, what was the team that added the most watchability? I've it's got to it be wrong. the Bulls, right? Most two K ability. Yeah, I was going to say Heat, but it's definitely Bulls. That pick and that pick and roll, pick and pop is going to be sick. I'm actually going to watch the Heat and see if Oladipo can play after like going through the the Pat Riley training camp. Um, I'm not even trying to be a malaka here, but I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm excited to watch the Bulls for Troy Van Jr. I want to see how he goes there. That's Pretty really awesome. Comment. That's so nice. That's so nice. Yeah, that's super awesome. Movag as well. Just former former Wizards. No, he's in. He's in. Uh, didn't he's, he go to um, Boston? Boston. Yeah, he got traded yeah. to Boston. I mean, yeah. you can still watch him. You don't have to just watch Chicago. <laughs> You didn't buy a single team league pass after the deadline. Did you? <laughs> uh, and then I'd, yeah, I'd say uh, Miami just to see how it all works out. Can someone read the comment uh, underneath the, the run sheet? I feel like that was a really funny comment. Who wrote that? Magic finally tanking. No, uh, underneath the most watchability. Can someone make that joke? Was it you, Dante, who wrote that? Oh, that was me. me. Oh, say that. It's funny. So, yeah. I've already, I've already said, I said it as a point for another thing. Oh, okay. Well, what, what, what about that's funny? Yeah. <laughs> Apologize for Alessio. No, 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 like, is it, like, is it trying no, to be? Is it supposed not, to be a joke? That's definitely not supposed to be a joke. Just for the listeners' that's fucking sake, funny. It's, it's, it says less <laughs> Oladipo <older, laughs> equals more wood, but that's not funny. I don't know. No, no, just the, the question is, what team is the most watchable? Houston, because they got rid of Oladipo. I would oh, call that just okay. a good point rather than oh, being yeah. like funny. Yeah, I wasn't I was going to the humorous at, side. I was laughing at more wood. Ha <laughs> Grow <laughs> up, man. <laughs> you would That's really a bit like this. Comment, Lucas. <laughs> yeah. You'd really like this movie called Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Big Malaka energy. Uh, all right. Let's end the pod by saying the stupidest move. Uh, stupidest, however you want to construe that. Lucas, start us off. Me coming on this fucking <laughs> podcast. Um, Marquise Chris for Cody Lalanne. Katie Lalanne. What type of a silly little name is Katie Lalanne? <laughs> I think it's CD. Isn't that his name? CD, like Drive? C-A-D-Y. Katie. Katie. Like Katie Heron from Mean Girls. No, like um, Katie Lamb. Ooh. Katie Lang, is that the singer? Oh shit, I'm having mad fucking um what's that called? Deja vu right now. It's pronounced want, de- deja vu. You want to explain, Lucas? <laughs> it's pronounced insomnia. <laughs> yeah, I I I I remember saying having that Katie conversation with I guess it was Sean over Zoom <laughs> in a dream once. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard of KD Lalan until he was owned. His rights were owned by the Golden State Warriors. Are we sure he's a dude? KD Lang's a girl. Shit! What a fucking dead end to a pod. Uh, hang on. What, what question are we on? Where are we? It's a stupidest, stupidest, stupidest move. move. Yeah. Stupidest uh, move. <laughs> yeah, I had one and I've completely forgotten it. So 
I'm just going to say Houston again. Oh, my God. Let's never do a podcast after midnight ever again. Can, can I jump in and say um, it's, it hasn't been done yet, but it, it will happen. The Heat signing LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, you can dude say is, that. Dude is washed. Dude is absolutely washed. Anyway. Washed oh, mine, mine was mine was Boston signing Tristan Thompson. Oh, yeah. So they have to get rid of Tice. That's my stupidest move. Yeah, that's pretty dumb if you ask me. I agree Question. with you. Question. Do you not think that Miami is a type of team that could just play LaMarcus 20 minutes and say, hey, suck it up? No, because he's got nothing to suck. <laughs> what about more wood? <laughs> more wood. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you, you put more wood on LaMarcus Aldridge and let's see how that goes. <laughs> it's not ending well. That was such a pity laugh, Lucas. You're such a good friend. That's why you've changed your, your Zoom name to Dante's friend. Um, <laughs> stupidest move is uh, Boston Celtics. You know, they were so close. Just <laughs> They were so close to Kawhi and Anthony so Davis. They were so close, man. Just pull the trigger. You, you should trade three first-round picks for Justice Winslow. You're so close. Uh, all right, boys. Who wants to wrap us up? I think we are well and truly done. <laughs> One more hour. One <laughs> more hour. Actually, I got a question. Dante, are you gonna go out after this? Uh no. I'm gonna watch Lord of the Rings though. Like next best thing. Oh fun. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, Saturday, turns out that Saturday's in Perth pretty dead. So what's what's the time there? Uh 9 I'll swap you. Man, that's actually such a good time for it to be right now. <laughs> I'm going right? I'm going to uh I'm going to Dalesford tomorrow. With, with my mum and some family members. They've stopped listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we offline this that conversation? All right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>